As we move on from the nightmare in Nashville, we move further into another nightmare with this upcoming stretch of games. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me here today. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Welcome back. Uh, today, we are going to talk all about the game in Nashville, this upcoming uh, nightmare of a stretch for the flame potential nightmare i should say and then i wanted to talk about an article feature piece that uh the flames put together on jonathan huberto's resurgence getting it together (laughs) instead of doing winners and losers of the week i thought we would just talk about something good (laughs) um if you aren't make sure you are subscribed to locked on flames wherever you're getting your podcast and of course on youtube as well We're here for you five days a week. I wasn't here for you Wednesday and Thursday, American Thanksgiving, but I'm so happy to be back. And I hope that uh, if you celebrated, you pigged out. And if you didn't and you celebrated in October, well, I hope you had a good day. We, oh boy, there is just something about the Nashville Predators that brings out this undisciplined and sloppy to this Flames team. I do not know what it is. It's not like the, the Predators are this in, insanely, you know, competitive top five team in the league that, you know, finds a way to do that and like outplays you. But the Preds do <laughs> just about every single time these two teams meet. And it is so frustrating. But let's rewind a little bit here. And to get to the end, we need to start at the beginning. Right before the game, we found out that Connor Zari was day-to-day with a uh, lower body injury. Ryan Huska said that he got a little banged up, dinged up during the day. I'm assuming during practice. I don't don't know. I don't think you chuck and hits in practice. But, you know, might have just tweaked something. Kid's young. Uh, He has had his battle with injuries before so this is you know obviously a cause for concern and based on the way this team played without him in the lineup please get well soon <laughs> um no but in all seriousness uh we are sending Connor Zari uh you know well wishes and we hope he feels better as soon as possible you know you you never enjoy being uh away from something like hockey and these athletes make that clear by playing through significant injuries and I hope that you know he is fully recovered before he even thinks of stepping on the ice this game where was the defense okay where was the defense they were outshot 45 to 26 I do not understand okay I was watching this game and I was just sitting there and I was like oh yeah Nashville this is fun uh, the David Poyle uh, banner raising thing at the start of the game, very nice. And 
it just unraveled so quickly. Like, it's like the Flames left their defense back in at home last. <laughs> Wherever they last were, it's like they just left it in the plane. And it was bad. It, you know, 20 penalty minutes, not great. And when your opponent has 18 and you are 0 for 4 on the power play, 0 for 4. That, that's not good. That's gross. That is unacceptable. We talked about it on Tuesday's episode about, you know, ways that how this power play is and new ways to try to find something, light a spark on the power play. Uh, And I'm going to assume that, you know, the link got lost on its way to Mark Savard. But as of right now, I'm recording this Thursday, uh, November 23rd at 9.43 p.m. Eastern Time. The Flames, the NHL website has the Flames as the, uh, in. they have the 26th power play. They're ranked 26 out of 32 on the power play. Uh, again, if you ever need to look for the Flames on a graphic, you look at the middle and you go down you go down and it just it was such a sloppy game between the unnecessary slew footing on Martin Pospisil I don't think that there was any like real like malicious contact on uh I believe it was with Yossi. Like, I don't think that that, there was anything to that. Dennis Gilbert fighting one of the Preds players and then Zadorov stepping up for, you know, after Pospisil got slew-footed. It's nice to see, uh, you know, players stand up for each other, I guess. But that should not be the main priority of your games when you are playing the way that you are. The Flames... They could have turned it around in the second period. Even like halfway through that second period, I thought that they were going to uh, potentially tie it up. I thought that they were going to have a strong third period as well because they have had strong third periods recently. And whether that's scoring again or being able to fend off, uh, you know, a go-ahead goal. Watching them play that way was incredibly frustrating, and everyone felt it in the locker room after. Ryan Huska said that, uh, I thought we were sloppy. Er, I thought we were slow and sloppy. I think that's the best way I can put it for the entire night. I thought they skated tonight. For sure, they did. They were more competitive than we were. Whether it was from our inability to do stuff, it's probably, whether it was them or our inability to do stuff, it's probably a combination of both. At least Ryan Huska is out here telling it as it is, but in a diplomatic way. I do give him credit there. And Chris Tanev commented on uh, just kind of what happened. and And he said, just our transition game, when we're fast in the neutral zone, that's when we're dangerous. We get a four check going, get some ozone time, we were just a little slow with it, and the D weren't too good on our gaps. I think our forwards were a little stretched out, and we weren't playing our game. So that's what the result was. Um, yeah, no, again, self-awareness, huge. 
uh, points for that. Again, bare minimum, but someone has to do it. And coming up next, we are going to talk about these next three games against three of the top five teams in the Western Conference. But before we do that, uh, we are going to take a quick little break here. Uh, This next segment is brought to you or sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that I have personally been involved in for the last 20-ish years and, you know, in and out of it. And it has benefited me in so many different ways. And I think this time of year, it can be challenging for anyone. You know, there's less sunlight, there's lots of emotions surrounding the holidays, and just talking to someone and not letting that build up inside of you could be really beneficial. And, you know, BetterHelp is there for you, and you can find a bright spot within BetterHelp. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get $10 off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. I'm Jess Belmosto, and make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts because we're here for you five days a week. And as this season continues to roll on, where I Nick and I are so excited to bring you daily content and to just talk about this from a, maybe a different perspective than what you might hear in market. The next three games, (laughs) okay? The Flames are coming off this stretch, this nice little pregame stretch of, you know, this playing beatable teams stretch. And when the Flames went into this, when they were playing the Canucks, it started with the Canucks and ended with the Predators. We talked about how this team needed to at least snag one, one point from every game and they, they just about did, I would say. Uh, some games were better fought than others, and maybe we just pretend Nashville didn't happen, and this team is 500. But they're going to have to wait a little longer to reach 500, and I don't think it's going to happen against any of these teams, and they're just going to dig themselves into a deeper hole because what else would these Calgary Flames do? Love them dearly. So they are facing... Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, and then Dallas again. (laughs) Vegas is number one in the West. Dallas is number three, and the Avs are number five. (laughs) This doesn't really sit well. This doesn't give me a lot of confidence just because of how they played against Nashville. Was is Connor Zari the glue that is holding this team together? What happens if in well, more so when he hits that rookie wall? Every team it happens with quite literally every single rookie. Uh, it's gonna happen with Martin Pospisil. I, I just I, I'm I'm worried. And as one should be, because you should not be overly confident going into really any game. But especially 
when you're playing like this and you're going up against the top dogs. But let's focus on Dallas. Dallas is talented top to bottom. They have built a truly Stanley Cup caliber roster over these last few seasons. They have properly retooled and have been pretty successful with it so far. You know, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup on your first shot at things. That's that's not how this works. And right now, <laughs> I was looking. I was looking over their stats before uh, recording, and their top <laughs> nine out of their top ten scorers are, have double digit points. Joe Pavelski has 18, 18, (laughs) Elias Lindholm leads the Flames with 13, yeah, so, you know, this is obviously a big issue (laughs) for the Flames, this is a, a weakness that they're going to have, because they just, they don't score, they don't move the puck the same way, that Dallas does. They aren't necessarily taking those higher danger shots that, you know, creates opportunity for a goal. And they don't have Jake Ottinger in that. They do not have Jake Ottinger in that. They have Jacob Markstrom, who is still playing rather well, even when his team leaves him out to dry. It's, it's kind of crazy to me that... Joe Pavelski has never won a Stanley Cup. And I know that I shouldn't say this because, like, unbiased sports reporting and journalism. Uh, I hope that Dallas wins the Stanley Cup this year. I think that'd be neat. This would be super cool. They have been able to, again, just successfully retool and put this team together that is top to bottom truly competitive and it's not like it comes in these kind of spurts and waves they they've been rather consistent so far this season all but two skaters have a point 18 players have a point uh it's 17 for the flames but the other three guys are uh that are on the nhl website they're down in the ahl so doesn't exactly count (laughs) Six of the ten top scoring players for the Flames are also in double digits. They're just not relatively close with Dallas's top. Because, you know, there is a big difference between 18 and 13. When you are looking at, I mean, really in any situation. But especially when you are looking at points in offensive abilities. Elias Lindholm has not been able to generate anything for himself this season really until I believe it was the game against Seattle where he had that three point night and was kind of able to start the engine a little bit. We'll see if it can, you know, maintain that again, this is a contract year for him. What's going on there? Play a little bit better or don't. Or don't. I don't know what to tell you. But Jake Ottinger is my third favorite goalie in this league. Okay? 
Jeremy Swayman, Jacob Markstrom, Jake Ottinger, they are all like, yes, there are better goaltenders than Jacob Markstrom, but those three, because I get to watch two out of the three consistently, they deserve, you know, top spot. And then Jake Ottinger is just so talented, unbelievably talented. I know that save percentage isn't necessarily a the strongest statistic to measure goalie success, but right now he has a 920 save percentage, and he is fourth in the league among starters, 13 games played, uh, with uh, saved goals above expected with a 4.9. So that that's a lot of goals. Marky is right behind him with six in six with with three point six goals saved above expected, which is good. That is very good. And that is more than I expected for him, and I didn't expect him to be in that safe area. Also, those are from uh, money pucks formula. So uh, theirs might be a little different from other models. Just throwing that out there. But this is not going to be an easy fight. It's just not. This is not something that the Flames are going to be... Like, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Nothing the Flames have done this season has been a walk in the park. So, it's adversity builds character. But at some point, enough is enough. These stars... You know, we talk a lot about the Oilers breaking the flames uh, after the playoffs. Mm -mm. It was absolutely the stars. They were doing all that little voodoo nonsense on Reddit. They were doing it in the game. The stars were a better team. And the flames, they kept going. They were able to stop the stars. And that's... All they can hang their hat on from that playoffs. <laughs> That's it. They have a top five penalty kill. Their power play is, I believe, like in the top 15, um, 16 maybe. But it's not as bad as the Flames, so that doesn't matter. If the Flames continue to play the way they did against Nashville, you can kiss all this positive momentum energy, vibes. Uh, I wouldn't say goodbye, but the, it's not going to be the way that it has been, I feel like. I think that this team has finally kind of pulled themselves out of it uh, on the ice and mentally. I think Huberto's contributions have been a big part of that. And they can't keep playing like they did against Nashville. Now, I'm not saying that they will, but playing like that and getting the result that you did is just unacceptable. It's the Flames are a better team than that and there's there's got to be a reason for it, like why they stoop to that level and just say, "Hmm, what what's hockey?" and play in such an undisciplined sloppy game. And, but we will wrap up the show today talking about some positive uh, vibes here. Speaking of Jonathan Huberto. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to take a quick second here 
because game time is one of my most frequented apps. I cannot lie to you. When you buy tickets, it should not be a stressful, overwhelming situation. Game time is fast and easy, to, uh, a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seats, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Browse Game Time's app today and find whatever is local to you and see, you know, what those last-minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals look like. You never know. You might want to go to a comedy show that's sold out, and you didn't know you wanted to go to it until you saw it on Game Time, and you grab your tickets. And I love that it has the view from your seats in the venue. That is one of my biggest takeaways from this app. I love that. And right now, you can download the Game Time app and create an account and get $20 off of your first purchase with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N N H L for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me. On this fine Friday afternoon, or whenever you're listening, uh, as we get ready for this game against the Dallas Stars, and we have talked a lot about shifting things, building this momentum, being so close to 500, and digging their holes a, a little bit deeper. And it is the contributions of this man that I think have truly... Uh, benefited this team and I think that not just you know on ice but I think that a lot of it is mentally as well but Ryan Dittrich wrote this article for the flame for flames.com and I found it to be rather interesting uh the backland bump it's back He's a fixer, linemate Blake Coleman says of the captain. He's one of those guys where you are pretty much all where you pretty much always know where he's going to be on the ice. Predictability makes the game a lot easier. And no matter how much skill somebody has, if they aren't playing within a system or being predictable, it makes things more difficult. He's bringing stability to where to whatever he plays on the ice. Uh, this is one of the many contributions that my, uh, Michael Backlund has had over his, what is it, nine, it's 926 games as a flame. Uh, Backlund is, has a, a history, a, a past of, <laughs> you know, being able to boost players and to help them kind of get back on their feet or find their footing uh, in the game. It's worked with Mangiapane. It's worked with, you know, Blake Coleman kind of getting acclimated in 
Calgary. I almost said uh, Colorado. No, the Flames are, in fact, in Calgary. And, you know, with Matthew Kachuk, too, there was a, you know, a bit of mentoring there. Uh, so, let's see. <laughs> Huberto has responded to early season adversity with some of the best hockey, with some of his best hockey as a Flame, while bringing himself out of his comfort zone and finding new ways to have a positive impact. I think I'm creating way more, Huberto said following Wednesday's morning skate. Some games I probably could have used, could have had more points, but I think it's more about creating while being tough to play against. I think the last week has been like that. When you look at guys like Bax, he's the type of player that makes everyone better. The poise he has with the puck makes it easier on you on the wing, and he's the guy that's never going to cheat the game. He always takes pride in his defensive game. He's great on faceoffs, and I think he's a guy that you can talk to. I like having good communications with my centerman, and Bax has been awesome to me, awesome for me. The winger is showing a physical side to his game and we that we haven't seen previously. Three hits on Monday in Seattle were tied for the team lead with Mangiapane. That is wild. I didn't realize that he'd thrown <laughs> three hits. Jonathan Huberto, like when I think of Huberto prior to Calgary, I think of this like distinguished gentleman that like comes to the game. He's such like a class act. Like I would never throw a hit. And you know, things have changed. Not not that he's not a distinguished gentleman, but you have that physical aspect to your game now, and that kind of sets you back—not back, but sets you apart from who you uh, like your reputation. So that that's great to see that he is willing to play out of his comfort zone. I think last year part of the issue was. His, forcing him out of his comfort zone was not necessarily done in a constructive way. Like I, because Huberto and Sutter and Alan Walsh were kind of butting heads, I guess, you know, it kind of felt like punishment at sometimes when he was on his off wing. But I think that the leash is longer with Ryan Huska behind the bench. And mainly that's because Huska isn't set in his ways. He knows that, you know, you have to get creative. You have, you have to find a way to get $10.5 million producing. You can't just, you know, have him on the third line with, you know, uh, AJ Greer and, Rizichka or Dubé, whatever the case may be, and expect him to do anything. Having him there with Backlund, who, you know, has this resume and the talents to bring a guy, you know, whoever it is, to a, not to a new level, but to help them, has been, you know, it was bound to succeed at some way. But I just, I never expected Huberto to be throwing the amount of hits that he has. And that, again, shaking it up and not being predictable with that side of your game, 
always fun. <laughs> and he goes back to say, I'm not the guy that's going to lay big hits every night. Huberto laughed. I think it's the kind of thing where other guys look at you and feel more engaged into the game. It's more to win battles and to deliver a big hit. It shows that you're working hard. I really, I, I agree. <laughs> Head coach Ryan Huska agrees, adding that while effort has never been a problem for the talented forward, a demonstration like that can bring others into the fight. The last three games in particular, he's been a lot more, I don't know if you want to say energized, but more intense with his play, he said, Ryan Huska. Now he's around the puck a lot more. In these last three games, he's made he's making plays like we know he can. It's nice to see. A lot of times when guys are going the other direction, they try too much to make a cute play instead of getting back into hard hockey, if you want to call it that. If that means finishing a check or taking a hit to make a play, the work isn't going unnoticed by teammates either. This is fantastic. I feel comfortable and confident with where we're at with Huberto right now. And I hate that you even have, like, it just stinks that, you know, things were pretty rough. But I'm running up against the clock here, and uh, we will get to watch Huberto on uh, tonight against the Dallas Stars. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table with Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund and even on the power play. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. I'm more than happy to see you on X as well, uh, at Jess Belmosto. And I will see y'all on Monday when we uh, talk more about this not-so-great schedule.